Hey everybody, welcome to episode 25 here on What About Therapy. I'm Enoch Fossum, I'm a certified mindfulness life coach. And I'm Austin Ivey, and I am a certified in the basics of acceptance and commitment therapy, and we are both going to school to be marriage and family therapists here in the state of Utah. In this episode, we're going to go over how we can cultivate our relationships, particularly in marriage, and we're going to go over five steps, five things that we can do to create that better relationship. Let's get right into it. Let's do it. What about therapy? Marriage is what brings us together today. Love, true love, is not found. It's created. That's what we're talking about today. We should be voice actors. <laughs> what are we doing with our lives? We should. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. I need to change my major. Yep. That means this whole podcast will change. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyways, like you heard in the intro, we're going to talk about what we can do to create a healthier, better relationship, particularly with our spouse in marriage. And really, these five things that we're going to talk about can be with any relationship, if you want them to be. But for the sake of this video, it's going to be for marriage. Yeah. If you're not married, you, you, there's ways you can tweak it and um, move the information around to make it apply to your other relationships, but yeah, yeah. mainly focus on marriage today. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And it's going to be mainly from the book, Fighting for Your Marriage. It's actually right here. It is by Howard J. Markman, Scott M. Stanley, and Susan L. Blumberg. So the majority, literally everything is found in this book highly recommend it. Seriously, it's one of the best books I've read. It was an assignment, or I guess not an assignment, it was one of the textbooks, you could say, for one of my classes, and hands down, seriously, one of the best books I've read, particularly about marriage, and about how you can have a better marriage, and fight for your marriage, especially when you're going through a hard time, which all of your marriages will. I mean, at some point. Yeah, there's yeah. going to be some type of thing you have to fight for to keep the relationship going. I mean, I've only been married for a little over a year and a half. About almost a year and a half I've been married. And so, same. and even just in that year, little year and a half, there's things you got to fight for to keep the relationship healthy and lasting and stay committed to it. So it doesn't matter yeah. where you're at in your relationship. There's always going to be a time um, that you need to fight for it a little bit. Exactly. And like you heard with our voice acting... Marriage is not found, and we're going to talk about that as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, true love, I should say, marriage. I mean, marriage isn't found either. you got to create it. you got to get married Yeah. to get married. So it's creating that true relationship, that love, true love, is something that's created and not necessarily found in a particular soulmate or one in, you know, a billion people or, you know, there's only one person on this earth for you. It's created. And again, I'm not going to go in, into that right now. Yeah. But to be announced. To be announced in this episode. So keep on <laughs> listening. So there are five keys in creating a lasting relationship. And again, this is literally in the first chapter in Fighting for Your Marriage. And in that chapter, he gives just a brief overview of these five keys. And that's what we're going to do in this episode. Just we're gonna, going to expound upon them a bit more than they do in the book. So they have a prevention program or just a program in general called PrEP. 
and that stands for Prevention and Relationship Enhancement Program. And that program is based around, for the most part, these five keys the, uh, that, we'll, that, we'll, that we'll talk about. And it's for prevention and relationship enhancement. That's the whole purpose of these keys, is to prevent, obviously, things like divorce and from arguments going to, you know, escalating too quickly and getting out of control. And it's also to enhance your relationship, to make your relationship more intimate and form a connection that you wish for in a relationship and that I believe everyone wants. Yeah, it's just some basic skills and uh, to build a good foundation on your marriage. Well, it doesn't matter where you're at in your marriage too. These are some good things to just implement now and it'll get it'll get better no matter where you're at. Like 10, 20 years, two months into your marriage, doesn't matter where you're at. Yeah. It could be applied at any time. So. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So let's jump right into it. The first step, the first key, whatever you want to call it. If you're in the steps, then it's steps. If you're in the keys, here's the key. Number one is decide, don't slide. I like the rhyme. It's really fancy. So there are important decisions in life where we need to pause and make a decision rather than sliding past them or keep putting them off. I'm sure a lot of you in not just your marriage, in any relationship where there are things that need to be decided on, but you just kind of keep kicking the can down the road, so to speak, and you just keep avoiding it and you don't get to it. And eventually it can cause some issues. So things like, how do you treat each other when one is upset? If one of you have had a bad day and you're just not like up to talking or up to doing anything, what's your game plan? What are you going to do? Instead of just you know, reacting to the situation and say, oh my gosh, like it's my, is it my fault? Or I'm so sorry. Or you know, doing something that could make the situation worse, you need to, need to decide ahead of time what you're going to do when those situations arise. Or... What does, what do you need to do around the house? What jobs need to get done? That's really big for me. My wife is really good at cleaning and I wouldn't say I'm a dirty person, but I'm not the cleanest person. I don't know. If, hey, same. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's me too. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm kind of cluttery. I'm kind of not yeah. like my clean is kind of different than my wife's clean. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah there, it's a bit different. And so... My wife helps me so I can help her by creating a little, she makes a little like to-do list, things that she wants done that I necessarily wouldn't think need to be done because, again, we have different definitions of clean and they're just different. So we mm -hmm. decided on that instead of just kicking the can down the road like we have in the past. And over time, that's built up and caused some issues. So we've learn from that experience, those experiences, I should say, and we've been able to decide on what we can do to help each other with that. You can also, I mean, you need to decide when you need to want to start having kids. Mm, it's a big one. Right? Yeah, that's not something that you just, again, kick the can down the road and not talk about it ever until, I don't know, you accidentally get pregnant. Like, oh, crap. We haven't talked about this at all. What are we going to do? That can cause, yeah, that can cause a lot of conflict. Or what do you want to do when one of you want to have sex and the other doesn't? Like that's, that's a big one, especially. And that can cause a lot of problems when you don't know what to do or you haven't talked about it 
when one of you say, oh, I don't want to tonight. And that can, if you haven't talked about it, if you haven't decided what you're going to do when that happens, that can cause a lot of conflict and start to drive a wedge in between the both of you. Yeah, I think the natural tendency for like newlyweds, and I ran into this um, in my first few months of marriage, even the first year, is that you kind of expect things just to kind of work themselves out, like kind of like the big bang theory of existence that like it just, it'll just kind of happen and it'll just come together and the perfect relationship will just form. That was kind of my mentality of it. Like before I started taking marriage classes and like getting a better idea of how marriage communication works and the natural tendency a lot of the time is expected to just kind of happen. And again, kicking the can down the road, either what knowingly or unknowingly, it just kind of happens. And, um, you're both taking your past lives and your relationships and turning it into one cohesive life together um like in a certain set of, like you don't want to be codependent on each other like with a certain right. set of uh boundaries and stuff but you're creating a life together and you're both bringing bits and pieces of your life and creating a new life together and that you have to take specific action and make specific decisions on how you're going to fuse and weld your lives together otherwise it's good there's going to be very imperfect welds and it's going to break at some point if you don't purposely and focused like i guess focusing i don't know like you focus specifically focus i don't know <laughs> you, you determine where you're going to make those weld points and how you're going to to bring your life together into one cohesive whole so like Enoch was saying you have to have these sometimes awkward conversations to make those strong welds in your relationship otherwise you're going to get to that point where it comes up and you've never talked about it before but it's time like the reaper has come it's time to decide on that thing but you never talked about it so talk about the important things now and mesh your two lives together as early as you can and in the most effective way you can which is i guess where we're how the way you're going to do that is probably through some of the things we're going to talk about today yeah it's to decide not slide that's yeah. the first one and when you do avoid a lot of these things a lot of these situations and you don't decide what you're going to do that's as if you're taking a withdrawal from that emotional bank account, like I've talked about in the past with Stephen Covey, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. You, If you only withdraw from that emotional bank account, eventually you're going to start going into debt and you can't really pull anymore and the other person's just going to break and that's when conflicts start to really come out and that's when crap hits the fan, yeah. as they would say. That's number one. Number two is do your part. I know this can sound simple. I'm sure a lot of you have heard it before, but I think as we go down our path in marriage, that seems to be forgotten. Um, it has for me anyway. I find myself at times where I haven't really been carrying my weight in my marriage, and that can cause some issues because my wife, she carries the rest. She does really great at keeping, I guess, not our marriage like together. Cause I think, I mean, we both do that really well, but you, you know what I'm saying is just kind of picking up that slack where mm -hmm. I seem to lack, especially, you know, in the cleaning department a lot yeah. of the times. <laughs> um, but one of my favorite quotes, it's in the book. It's really good. It's by Shirley P. Glass. She says, it's more important to be the right person than to find that right person. And that is so true. That that goes along with how true love isn't found. It's created. You don't find the perfect person. 
you are that perfect person and eventually you know you'll that's what you'll attract and that's how you create that i guess perfect spouse perfect friend whatever is by being the right person and then they will also become the right person because you are the right person i don't know it's just yeah the it's, old, it's the way it is the old cliche of like be the person be the change that you want to see in the world you know if you want to see a change in your relationship it has to start with you like you have to decide not slide and then do your part to make that change or to create that culture that you want in your relationship because you can only ultimately control yourself and the decisions that you make and by you doing that you set that opportunity for your partner to do the same thing as you so you can't expect something that you're not doing yourself like the um the give and take model you can't like i guess going back to the emotional bank account you have to make deposits in order to make take withdrawals and like you have to it has to be balanced i guess that's what it, really what it goes down to yeah. just finding a good balance in your relationship yeah or you have to put your money where your mouth is yeah 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 and sorry if you can hear my little dog bark zuko he's excited he's really excited but um one thing that's also mentioned in the book i think is really important is that they say one big sign of relationship problems right now in your relationship and in the future of your relationship is when you start to focus solely on your partner as the source of all your problems you have as a couple. And yes, they obviously most likely play a role in the issues that you're struggling with, right? In your problems. But there is always two sides to the story. It's never just one person's fault. And if you're saying, oh, yes, it is. My wife or my husband always does this, that, or this, and I don't do anything. Like, maybe that's your problem, is you're not doing anything, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like, there's always two sides to the story, and there's always something that you can do to create the relationship that you want and that you want to, that you've always wanted. It has to be created, and it starts with you. We talked about that a couple episodes ago, where the very end of the episode, I mentioned Lincoln Park. I said, it starts with you. And they're right. It totally starts with you, especially in a relationship. Don't just expect the other person to change before your relationship starts to, you know, flourish and to blossom into what you want it to be. It You need to do your part and you need to hold up your end of the line. Mm -hmm. And you can't just expect your spouse, your significant other, to do all the heavy lifting for you. Yeah, I think a really important thing with that too is to not view your marriage as a as transactional, that everything is going to be met with perfectly executed reciprocation. Like if you right. make a gesture or some type of emotional bid in that, that they like your partner takes it and like or you do something for your partner, you can't expect to get that exact thing back. Or if you're picking up the slack in something like that's like for my it's the same thing with my uh, marriage too. My wife does all the cleaning and um, well not all, but she is very good at cleaning and she's very right. vigilant about it and she has the eye for like when things are dirty. Like she'll point things out and it's like I didn't even notice that that needed cleaning. Like like you've, you you right. said that yourself. Exactly. And yeah. That one that's one thing that we've really figured out is that I'm not always going to be the best at that. And that's something where it's, there's a huge imbalance there. And if you focus on that specifically and all the other aspects of your marriage that 
um, that there's not perfectly like balance in the way you provide, I guess, help with the thing, if that makes sense, like with cleaning mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. um, it, and it could be a holistic thing, so many different things. It's not always going to be 50, 50, the, the balance comes in it, as, as a total balance in your marriage is that you're always willing and committed to each other. Not the fact that you're going to have a perfect reciprocation in everything that you do. You can't expect your spouse to give the same effort that you have in something that they might struggle in and vice versa. So it's a good thing to remember that, um, yes, it starts with you, but it's not always going to be perfectly reciprocated in the things that, um, all the aspects of your marriage, there's going to be parts where you do a little bit more effort than they do just because they might struggle with that thing. And it's the same thing that goes with you. There's always going to be more give and take. It's just respecting your spouse for the effort that they do give in because effort any effort is better than no effort, and even the fact that they're trying to help. Like, yeah, I try my best to help my wife with the dishes. Like, I'll dry the dishes, <laughs> and that's probably the extent of what I can do. Mm. And I'm pretty darn good at holding that towel and looking pretty while she does all the dishes. <laughs> but, um, and, and I think she understands that, that that's something that I'm not very good at, and I don't like doing. And she's willing to pick up that slack because she yeah. loves me, and she's committed to the relationship. And it's the same thing with me. Like, I'm always committed to go to the store when she needs something and she doesn't like going to the store, I'm always willing to do that. And I don't feel less than because she doesn't go to the store for me. It's just that we have this, we have decided there's certain parts of our relationship where there's going to be so many qualities. And I think that goes along with kind of this part too, is doing what you can to to pick up your weight and also recognizing that it's not always going to be reciprocated. Yeah, exactly. And I think what you can do in that situation is solely focus on what you put in rather Mm -hmm. than what you're getting in return. Because when you do that, when you focus on only what you're giving, then you're not worried about what they do. You're not worried about what you get in return for going to the store or cleaning the dishes, whatever. And eventually, as you keep on just um, you know, depositing into that emotional bank account over and over and over again, eventually they're going to notice. Mm-hmm. It may not be you know, right away. But eventually they're going to notice and they will also start making deposits. Um, But that's what you can do. Instead of just focusing on what they're not doing or what you're not getting, just focus on what you're uh, putting in. Yeah, you putting in an effort will always make a positive difference and you focusing on what you're not getting will always make a negative impact, no matter what. Yeah. Like in every situation. Yep, exactly. Now there's this direct quote that I, I want to read from the book. So the authors say, far too often when people think their partner is being unfair or is behaving inappropriately, they feel relieved of the responsibility to be the best partner they can be. We're here to tell you and tell you strongly that you need to hold up your end of the relationship even when you think your partner isn't doing his or her share. And when I read that, it just blew my mind because I was like, yes, like I, I totally understand that I feel that. Like when my partner, like when, when my wife, I don't know, forgets to do something or messes up or whatever is just human, then I kind of feel that relief like, oh, okay, now I can do the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, no, I don't have to uh, clean the dishes and you know, I don't have to yeah. go to the store. You know what I'm saying? It's like a, it's like a cop out or like a get out of jail free card almost yeah. like i it's a it's an excuse that's really what it is it's an excuse to act inappropriately basically because them doing it 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 puts a condition on your love and your respect for your spouse like since you did this 
the condition is I'm not going to reciprocate or I'm not going to, I'm going to withhold this love. It's almost like failing a test that they didn't know they were taking too. Right. Like if they fail in any aspect, they, like you said, they said they were going to take out the garbage, but they don't. And it's like, okay, they didn't take out the garbage. I don't have to do this thing. And you have no idea why they didn't take out the garbage. They could have just forgot. They could have had something come up, whatever it was. And so it's just so unfair to do that. It's and it's a, it can be really detrimental to a relationship to have that. Uh, it's very transactional and very conditional. And marriage is, a good marriage is unconditional. And um, I don't know what the opposite of transactional would be, but it's super unconditional to have a happy marriage. And so as soon as you start doing that and putting conditions on your on your responsibilities and the way you treat your spouse, that's going to take you down a really, a really dark path pretty quickly, I would say. Right. Yeah. Having expectations for your spouse without them knowing, and then them not doing what you expect them to do without them knowing, and then getting mad, <laughs> like that's not their problem. I'd say that's understand. the purest that's a, form of gaslighting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And we still need to do an episode on gaslighting. Yeah, that'd be we, a good episode. Yeah. We will. Stay tuned. We will. So what you can do with part two to do your part is to start to make a plan for what you can do. So you can, like a simple plan that they give here is do positive things for your partner and the relationship. Like just take a minute and think about what positive things you have done in the past. Like what have you done for your wife or your husband in the past 24 hours or in the past week? And I know I've definitely had times where I wouldn't be able to think of anything for like a week, mm-hmm. you know, like it's not that I'm being like mean or anything to her. I just haven't done anything to work on our relationship or do anything for her. And that's totally my fault. And that's something that I can and have been doing better at is to start to be conscious about things that I'm not doing and start to be conscious about things that I can start doing mm-hmm. to work on their relationship and to do positive things for my wife. Yeah. It's just like with everything in the world, like focusing on what you're doing rather than what you're not getting. And that that's the key to a happy life and a happy marriage, really like always focusing on what you can control and what you're doing because other than outside of that, you have no control. That's just, that's a recipe for anxiety and um, insecurity. Really? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing, this is a big one, okay? Especially for me, when we first got married, uh, this one's big. So you need to, this isn't like the next step or anything. This is just simple on like a part of the plan that you can do. It is to decide to let negative or annoying, annoying comments bounce off you. If there's something that really bothers you, like, you know, it's really bad, then yes, address it. Bring it up right then and there. Talk about it. But for the most part, let it go. Mm-hmm. If there's something that was like a little side comment or whatever, let it go. You don't need to make that explode and form into an argument. And most of the time, they're not trying to hurt you when they say little comments like that. You know, you need to just realize that they're not trying to hurt you. Assume good intentions. Hint, that's coming in the future. <laughs> But uh, assume good intentions. They're not here to hurt you. They didn't and... wake up, roll out of bed, thinking I'm going to say something to really hurt my my spouse today. Like, yeah. They didn't. Yeah, I'm going to say a little side comment. Just like you, your spouse is a, a human, and they're yeah. they're going to do and say things that may come off wrong, and they don't even mean anything by it. And I'm a culprit of that. 
of giving and receiving it, I, I take a lot. I feel like I take offense pretty easily. I'm a pretty sensitive person. And so that, that's something that I struggle with that, um, with anyone really, like if I hear something or something is said to me and it doesn't sound quite right, I always, I, I tend to jump to the bad conclusion of like, well, what's wrong? What did I do wrong? And so, um, it always feels terrible. And so that, that's good advice that, um, that if anyone's like me and they're really sensitive is to try to your best to let the, the comments just kind of roll off your back and just assume good intentions and that they might just have had a bad day or, or in a bad mood. And that's, that should probably be a sign that you should turn towards them even more rather than turn away and maybe figure out why they're in a bad mood that might have caused that negative comment. And instead of using it as an excuse to turn away and get annoyed by them, to turn towards them and connect a little bit and figure out maybe where that came from and let the annoying comment bounce off or the hurtful comment bounce off. And if it's appropriate, um, lean in a little bit and just connect with your spouse in a loving way. And it'll, it'll have a good outcome every time. I can tell you that for yeah. sure. Yeah, just talk about it. Treat every time you talk to your spouse as a time to connect and a time to bond, not mm-hmm. just how's your day. Good. How's your day? Good. Good night. <laughs> like, you know, treat that even just five minutes. That's what, what my wife and I have recently started is because we're both really busy, both going to school, both working. And some days we don't have really any time to be with each other. And so we do our best to set apart five minutes a day to just talk and just to really see how each other is, uh, is our doing and if there's anything that we can do to help with what we're going through. And the last little step on what you can do is, which I think is really important, is to be the best person you can be in the relationship. And that's always. Remember, when your spouse messes up, that doesn't mean you can just go mess up and you know feel good about it. Like, do your best to be the best person you can be despite your spouse's decisions, despite their effort, if it's very poor on that day or whatever, do your best to hold up your end of the line. Mm -hmm. And if they're slack in one day in their relationship, then pick up their slack. Mm -hmm. Be the best person you can be. Because we all know that you're going to slack someday too. And you're going to really hope that your spouse picks up your slack because we're all human. And um, if you're always focusing on the days that they're slacking and you're always picking it up, the day that they do it, um, you're going to feel pretty stupid. And so we're all humans. We're all going to make mistakes. So just recognize the fact that even if there is a lot of days where you're picking up the slack, there is bound to be a day where they're going to pick up your slack, and you're going to be really grateful for that. So just focus on the love that you have for the person and the commitment that you have to the relationship, and it should be pretty easy to do that, I would say. Yeah, I would say so too. There you go. So that is step two, key two, do your part. Do your part. Number three is make it safe to connect. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure a lot of you, if not all of you, have felt this way where you say to yourself or think to yourself at one time or another in the relationship is, I can't be myself. I can't talk the way I want to. I can't say uh, what I want to say. I just, I can't be myself. And a part of that, a part of that reason can be because you haven't made it safe in your relationship to truly connect with one another because, um, well, here it says, over 30 years of research, it's been found that conflict does not come from differences that are found in the relationship. 
rather it's how you handle those differences. And so when you truly learn to connect and discover each other's differences, you start to see the beauty in each other's differences and not you know, start to put them down because they're different or because they believe something that you don't. Because when that happens, then that person starts to feel like they can't really be themselves or they can't express how they feel because you may you know, dub it to be wrong mm-hmm. or incorrect. Yeah, um, a marriage should be a refuge at all times. And you may not always agree with what your spouse is saying or there might be some aspect of their story or their past that you just don't agree with and it may seem unsavory to you, but that's not very helpful to even think that way or to act that way. What's helpful is to show them that no matter what, you love them and that you care, even if what they're telling you you don't agree with. It's not very helpful to argue over it. And like I said, what is helpful is to show your support and to do your best to come off as non-judgmental because even like at a neurological level, your brain shuts down as soon as you feel like you're not being heard. And that typically happens when you're being judged. And so do your best to avoid judgment and create that, I guess, uh, culture, I guess I would say, of just open communication and um, understand what your spouse is insecure about and things they don't want to talk about and the trauma in their past and try to avoid it. And, um, and I just hope they do the same for you because that's what it's all about is looking out for your spouse and treating them the way you'd want to be treated. Like that old... Uh, be the change you want to see in the world like we said earlier like it's a cliche but it really stands true with the things we're talking about like michael jackson you gotta make that change <laughs> like the man in the mirror <laughs> make that change it's been my favorite and song mine too i actually love that song yeah maybe we can be that it can be the theme song this episode Ooh. it won't but <laughs> <laughs> want to get copyrighted so uh one thing that you can pay attention to for step three is you can pay attention to how you talk to each other, how you communicate. And that's how you can start to make it safe to connect. When you truly connect with your spouse or truly, I guess, talk with them, have a conversation with them, then that's when connection starts to form. And when you have a healthy uh, communication habit or you're good at communicating with each other, then that creates the healthy atmosphere for growth and connection Rather, if you have a poor communication habit and you're not good at talking with one another, then that starts to create a negative atmosphere and starts to break down your relationship and starts to drive that wedge in between you two. And so for key three, step three, the key will be talking with one another. Like, just talk. We live in a, in a time where we're consumed with media, I'm definitely, um, you know, a part of this where I spend either too much time on social media, on a video game, whatever, and I don't really connect with my wife if we're eating at the dinner table, I'm on my phone, or whatever, my head's somewhere else, Mm -hmm. and not focused on what my wife and I are doing, which would be a perfect time to connect and talk with each other and start to form that healthy uh, communication between one another yeah amen amen agree more. <laughs> <laughs> so number four is open the doors to positive connections now this is a quote that I loved in the book um, summarized but it said people do not stay married 
for the joy of handling conflict together till death do they part, right? We don't get married, so we can have a conflict, resolve it. There you go. Have another conflict. Struggle and toil your whole life together. Yeah, for real. Resolve it. Yay. Have another conflict. Oh, resolve it. Yay. That is the reality, but it's not why people get married. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. They don't get married for that reason. Mm -hmm. And more importantly, they don't stay married for that reason. They want, I mean, I say they, me, we. Absolutely, yeah. We want to get married and we stay married because we want to have all the great things that marriage brings, like friendship, fun, spiritual meaning, parenting, etc. There's a bunch of things that marriage brings uh, for the two of you to do, not just to have differences, have a conflict, and get over it. Hmm. Like, yeah, um, like partners in crime, which you, which you are, but you're not just business partners, business partners, solving problems and overcoming issues in your business, which is your marriage or family, you're, you're, you're a couple. You're there to experience and enrich each other's lives. And so it's, it's not, it kind of goes back to the transactional thing. It's, your marriage isn't just a business. It's like a, it's a living, breathing thing that you have to, and we're going to talk about this in the next step. You have to nourish and, and find um, things to make it better and more enjoyable. It's not just a, a thing to struggle and get through, <laughs> you know, it's, and that's kind of, when you're in a dark place in your marriage, it's easy to get to that point where you feel that way. And it, um, this step um, would probably help someone remind what a marriage is all about. It's all about that positive connection and um, having a, a full, rich life with someone that you care about there with you. Because if anyone has ever experienced something great, it's it's always made better by someone there with you, someone you love there with you doing it with you. Right. And any... Thing that like if I love fishing and I have a friend that I I go fishing with a lot and fishing by myself is alright but it's always made it ten times better just by having someone there with me doing it I've taken my wife fishing and that's another thing it's like life is made better by having someone there with you making that positive connection with you in that moment yeah and that's what that's what the, the beauty of marriage is is having someone who's always going to be there with you <laughs> like legally lawfully they, they're yeah. going to be with you the whole step of the way until death and after yeah and that's uh, cultivating that relationship to make sure that you get to tap into that benefit of marriage and that's what it really what it comes down to following these steps that we're talking about yeah i couldn't have said it better and before we move on to the last step i just want to read this quote by howard markman that's just beautiful he says don't expect to be your beloved soulmate before you've been there as your mate's soul unfolds soulmates evolve as lovers grow together and co-author their own relationship story So don't just expect, uh, again, don't just find love. Don't just find that soulmate because, and I'm sorry to break it to you, but Disney is wrong. And that's something that also we've talked about doing an episode on is analyzing Disney movies and just seeing how incorrect and how just unrealistic they really are. I'm sure a lot of people know that, but I mean... We watch these movies as young kids and kind of expect that. Like as the we Sleeping start to Beauty, get older. Prince Charming type of thing. That there's yeah. just the one person out there that you're meant to to fall in love with. And I'm convinced that, um, in a way, I was meant to end up with my wife under a certain set of circumstances. But not like that. She was the one person out of a billion people that I ever could have made it work. And I'm dang happy that I found her and that we're going to spend the rest of our lives together. 
but um, it's not like it's just that was the one person on this earth and you are destined to find them and you better find them quick or else you're going to be really unhappy. It's it's creating that relationship. It's nurturing it and creating it into your soulmate. And um, we're more soulmate. Me and her are more soulmates now than we were when we first met. Mm-hmm. And that's because of the nurture that we put into our relationship. And um, I, I, we were, we click on an emotional and spiritual level like we were made to each other. But that's mainly because we put the effort into it. And right. I'm sure you could relate too, and a lot of people yeah. listening could relate too. That that um, connection, that soulmate feeling, is because of the the effort you put into in a marriage, not just because you were built in the same factory, like, and you were meant to find each other because you're the, like, the missing part, which is, it's very Disney-like to think that way. Like, you're right there with that. Yeah, and that's just wrong. That's not the way it is. Like, Cinderella, you can't dance with a guy once and be like, And just, you're soulmates because of that, because you're just destined for each other. Yeah, and I'm not saying if, you know, you go on a date with someone and it moves along really quickly and you end up marrying the person you live happily ever after. That's totally a thing. Like that totally happens. You have a predisposition to connect with certain types of people for sure. Yeah. yeah. And that happened with my wife and I, I mean, me, me too as well. Absolutely. Yeah. We, we both that predisposition. moved, we both moved pretty quick in both of our relationships yeah. and it's worked out. And that's mainly because we have really worked on it and we've nurtured it. And we, in a sense here, we've seen our mates, our wives, souls start to unfold mm-hmm. And we are with them there in that moment. And that starts to, uh, you know, form that connection. And we get closer because of it. Yeah, it's, um, it's like not saying that, like, we're, you're not destined for the person you end up with because you're technically not. But, like, I'm, I wouldn't want to be with anyone else now for the rest of my life. Right. There's not anyone in the world that I'd rather be with than her. But I didn't know that before. And it's because, again, like, it's beating on the dead horse, but it's because of the nurture. It's because of the effort put in, not because of some magical spell that was put upon us when we met. It was, um, we had that connection. We had that predisposition towards each other's personalities and we worked hard to nurture it and yeah. get to the place where we are now. And I'm sure you could agree the same way in any happy marriage out there. It comes down to hard work and, um, being the best assistant to your soulmates, um, blossoming, I guess. The gardener. The, the gardener. Yeah. So that brings us to the last step, which is Nurture your commitment. So you need to make plans for or on what you can do for each other and know how to help each other when, again, life gets hard, when you go through trials together. Because when it's just like the first step, decide, don't slide. When you don't decide on these things, when you don't know how you're going to nurture the commitment you have to one another that relationship then when crap hits the fan i mean it hits the fan you don't know what to do yeah and it goes everywhere and you start to be in a panic and that's when conflict arises and things kind of start to get out of hand so you need to start to nurture your commitment now not when crap hits the fan not when things get hard need to nurture it now and talk about what you're going to do when you know stuff gets hard mm-hmm. and I, I think the it's the logical error that a lot of people can get into and think about a marriage is that um they see it as like a, a verb or like an adjective like you get married and then you're in this relationship with this person or we are married and i think the best way to look at it is as a marriage is as a noun a marriage is a 
it's almost a tangible thing. It's a you it's your relationship between your spouse and it's its own separate thing that you have to nurture kinda of like a plant, going back to like the gardener analogy, you have to bonsai tree. Yeah, bonsai tree. You have to nurture it and you have to give great care to it and if you ignore it, don't water it, don't feed it, don't put it in the sun, it's gonna die. And it's not because it's be and it's that's because it is a separate entity. It's its own thing. You have to you have to go on date nights, you have to connect, you have to talk, you have to engage in the intimacy that um, is meaningful to you and your spouse and care about each other and um, have that rich, deep, meaningful conversation like for you and your wife, sometimes it's only five minutes. And um, that's one thing that I think it's John Gottman, he he hounds on a lot. He's a world-renowned re- researcher in, in like relationships and wedding success rates, I guess, and um, like the Gottman Institute, I think that's what it's called. Yeah. Um, if you just Google the Gottman Institute, all of this stuff, all this research will come up. You know, whatever you want to know about marriages and relationships, it's probably that, on there. That's the place, yeah. And yeah. one of the things that he, I believe it's him, that he hounds on is um, specific conversations set aside every day where it's not intimate. It's not, it's called, he calls it business talk, where it's like you're planning things or you're making decisions or financial talk. It's intimate talk where you're connecting with the other person. That's one of the keys that they have found in their research to a happy marriage. And that's because it, it nurtures that commitment. It nurtures that plant that is your marriage. And maybe you could even get a bonsai tree as a couple. And like, as you nurture your relationship, you nurture the plant. I love that. As like a, kind of like a symbol to your marriage. Like you get a, yeah. you get a plant, you get a tree, a flower. And maybe as you water that plant or as you trim that plant, you could, you can connect and converse over whatever it is. And that you can see that grow as your relationship grows. So, hey, maybe you can go do that. Go to Dang. Home Depot or Lowe's or your local nursery and just buy like a plant. And There's a uh, three and a half foot bonsai tree at Costco for 129 bucks. Just yes. saying. Maybe not your Costco, but there's one at mine. Local one. <laughs> and whatever it is, even if it's like a little flower, like you plant a seed and like it's yeah. a sapling for like yeah. a lemon tree or something. I don't know. Like you can be cool. over the course of your life see it grow and it's like a representation of what a marriage is like. Something that needs to be nurtured and taken care of and focus on as a separate entity something it's its own living breathing thing yeah i love that yeah couldn't have said it better that's step five nurture your commitment so i hope you learned something new in this episode we just real quick let's go over them again so number one decide don't slide number two do your part number three make it safe to connect number four open the doors to positive connections Number five, nurture your commitment. And if you do those things, if you solely focus on your input and your effort in these five steps, then you will see a big difference in your relationship. Even if your spouse isn't doing these steps, even if they're doing the complete opposite of these steps, it's still a big win if at least one of you is working on your relationship and statistically, your marriage and your relationship will have a much higher success rate um, if at least one of you, even one of you, is working on it. And obviously, that success rate skyrockets even more when both of you start to work on it and both of you focus on what you individually can put into the relationship. Yeah, all you can control is what you can do, and you just have to trust that your spouse will follow suit as you to control what you can control, eventually I would believe that they would too. And if they don't, then obviously there's other things to, to figure out and that'll be its own conversation. But in most cases, if you do your part, your spouse will follow and you'll have a, a good, nurtured, positive, connected relationship. Amen. 
So I hope you have a great week. Hope you learned something new. And please start to implement these things that you're learning. Because if you don't, then, I mean, did you even learn anything? <laughs> start to uh, implement things you learn. So taking us out, as usual, will be the great, the talented Danny D. Talk to you next week. Thanks for watching. What about, what about therapy? 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 Yeah. What about, what about therapy? 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 Yeah.